So we're, yeah. hey, we're live, Jen, and we're talking about great ideas that we've already are doing. And then people ask us, hey, would mm-hmm. it be a good idea if we did this? Already on yeah. it. Or, hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always struggle with that because I'm like, I want to say, hey, I had that idea. You know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, that is a good idea. I thought of it. And then the other part of me is like, nope, just be, be polite. Say, yeah, yeah, love it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Acknowledge good yeah. ideas. <laughs> that's what we're doing today. Yeah. We got lots yeah. of store uh, today, Jen. Um, there was a big, big 90-page survey that just came out by Aria on Sunday. What a weird day to send it out. I got it Sunday morning. Yeah. I just happened to click on it. And there's so much gold in there. And we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, most importantly, I thought it was pretty cool because they surveyed, I think it was about 1,100 people, Jen. And they talked about where wow. do you find your realtor? So we're going to talk about that. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, as we said last, over the last few shows, perhaps we should talk about how you and I do our CMAs and, and come to that valuation. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I love how you kind of brought it all full circle, mining your database. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. But it's so funny that they sent that out on the Sunday. Like, I'm actually impressed you clicked on it because, you know, you could, we get so much um, like spam and junk mail that, you know, it would kind of seem like that was just what it was, right? Yeah, totally. And yeah. if you're looking for it, it's called the, um, hang on, I got to save the page that I'm on because I'm going to refer back to it. Okay, I'm on page um, 73. Okay, that's kind of random. However, however, uh, <laughs> this whole... I'm telling you, there's so much information in here and it's kind of put together like a big um, PowerPoint presentation with lots, you know, me and graphics, lots of, lots of visuals. And then there's enough information there mm-hmm. if you wanted to read it. 2021 Ontario Home Buyer and Seller Profile. Um, there you have it. That's what it's called for Maria. Anyways, we should, we got an wow. intro to roll. We should probably roll that. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Um, what, before we get into that, I'd love for you to just kind of share a little bit about what you and your coaching clients are seeing in the summer market, because you said it's just, it's nice to take a breath and it's a little bit slower now, but I want to, I want to understand what Mm -hmm. that means. Yeah, it's actually funny. I think I had some coaching calls earlier and two two separate times today we had this conversation that um our agents were discussing that they launched a new listing um and they weren't getting as many showings as they thought they were going to get they weren't getting as many realtor.ca leads or sign calls as they were anticipating so they had prepared their week with that you know what what we've been used to that onslaught of agents reaching out and appointments getting confirmed and you know all of that sort of stuff and kind of had a little bit of fear when they're like what what's going on why is it not as busy that like it's priced well i know it's a solid price um you know in one case it was like it's like the lowest priced property in the area because it was just a smaller property it should be getting a lot of attention and so you know that obviously led us to the conversation about the time of year what's going on in our world right now um and then the the market and what that means and so you know the discussion we were having was just that the market does 
feel to be slowing a little bit. Now, there are the odd listing that you still hear about where there's 10 offers and 12 offers and, you know, highest sale on the street and record prices and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that's not still happening. We are, however, seeing more of a trend towards things just slowing down, being a bit more Dare I say normal, Gary? Is that, <laughs> no, no, is that a fair thing to say? I, think, I feel like I'm jinxing everybody right now, but just a little bit more um, controlled, subdued, a bit more realistic, right? You know, yeah. it, we're still getting showings and all of that. We're still getting offers, one offer, two offers. It's just not what we were seeing. And I think a big part of that conversation is, you know, it's summertime, the kids are done school, people are vacationing the weather's been the weather it's hit and miss but we've had some really nice days the zoo is open canada's wonderland is open people are doing family activities right i know yeah. you went to the zoo a few days ago we were there a week ago right? right you know um and also we're in stage three restaurants are opening up people are able to be social again to an extent and i think everyone is just pivoting um at this particular moment combined with the time of year that is more traditional that we slow down July and August, right? We're, we're kind of, for those of us that have been in the business a few years, we're used to seeing that. Mm -hmm. Some of the agents who've been in the business since last year or two years ago, they're kind of freaked out because they don't know what's happening. Like what's going on is the, like what's happening with the market. Why isn't it crazy? I was like, believe it or not, that was the abnormal part, not this, right? Like this is actually more realistic most of the time, you know, give or take odd years here and there. But so that's what we've been talking about a lot. Um, that being said, still tons of production happening, although inventory is still remaining pretty low, right? So we're we're kind of struggling with that balance a bit right now. Yeah, and I'll be curious to get some feedback too. I know I asked the question in our private Facebook group: Is your experience of hosting open houses and what's the public saying and things like that? And we had a few of our agents host them over the weekend, and one of our yeah. agents, uh, Haley, in fact, said it was. There's bonkers. Like there's a lot of people there. And it, yeah. so from that perspective, and I know I live in Stouffville and there's a few agents that hosted them here and it'll be, I'm, I'm curious to kind of see how that unfolds over the next few weeks. And remember last week, Jen, we talked about just because open houses are typically held on Saturday and Sundays. It does not mean that's the only mm -hmm. day. <laughs> so, that's right. There are five other days of the week. Yes. Indeed, yeah. there is. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't let those other days get jealous of Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I know with Haley, too, just through coaching, um, she was saying that on her Saturday open house, she ran out of sign-in sheets. The property was so busy. She had so many people coming through, uh, you know, and she had to, and obviously with our protocol, you have to have contact tracing and all that sort of stuff. So she had to kind of find ways to to do that. She wasn't anticipating that. She didn't really know what to anticipate, but she wasn't anticipating that. Um, and it was, it was extremely popular. And I've heard a few other agents say the same thing. So, you know, I, I think it's just being able to go out and do things again, partially, and then probably that opportunity to, to get into the homes that are on the market and especially newer listings, right? Which is what she was, she was doing. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is a good opportunity in this market to, to take advantage of the days, the 
Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, you know, from three to five when people are coming home from work, picking the kids up from camp or daycare, they're out and about, have your signs up, right? What's, what can, what can that do? Sit in a, be in a home for a few hours, have some market information available. And I know this isn't our topic at all today. It's more last week, but one of the other uh, ideas I remember learning through about open houses was instead of calling it an open house, put out a sign in front that says neighborhood information center. Um, or neighborhood real estate info center and have people come in just to get information on the stats and the market and what's going on or even set up a table on the front lawn, right? If yeah. people don't necessarily want to come into the house, you can do that in parks and things like that oh, as yeah. well. Um, and you can get tons of leads that way. So, you know, yeah. like we said, get creative, but yeah, it's uh, tis the season, apparently. The season. I think people are That's excited right. about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're watching with us uh, this afternoon or during the replay, and if you want to host an open, so, uh, open house, uh, drop your name, uh, put your hand up in the comments and, and some of our mm -hmm. other agents that have open houses, uh, will see that because not every listing agent, uh, has the time or, or wants to host open houses. So drop your name in the comments, put your hand up, whatever it is. I want to see those names come up because, uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for open houses for all of our agents. And, um, it's a great yeah. way to, to build your business and build your sphere and, and also get out there to, if we're not asking the public of what they want, then how do we know what they want? Right? right exactly. Jen? Like, like exactly. We, we, we've got to get out there and start asking these types of questions. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then and getting, you know, getting involved into into the our neighborhoods. So yeah, I'm mm -hmm. happy to do open houses. Here's Jane. I love it. Jane, absolutely reach. If you have a list, yes. reach out to Jane. This is, see, we're here to promote and that's what we do. So, uh, well done, Jane. I was Jane, just going to mention that Jane, cause she posted in our office Facebook group as well, saying if there's any availability. And I think Allison Velchez checked it as well. Um, a few agents did. So if you are looking for people to cover your open houses, check the Facebook group, reach out to me. I can get you in touch with a lot of coaching agents. We can, we can help everybody. We can make it a win-win, right? For sure. Um, but the one thing I will say is if you're going to do an open house, do it right. You know, don't just show up and, and sit there, like make it worth it or don't do it, right? Give it to somebody that, that wants to work it because there's a lot of business to be had if you run, if you run the right model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned on uh, to Haley's comment on online there, you know, it, we have such an opportunity to rebrand what Hope and Houses, you know, have typically yeah. looked like, right, Jen, and uh, have yeah. fun with it and, and fail forward and try things and try new things and, and all sorts of things, you know, it, open houses should be a fun time and, mm -hmm. um, and make them fun for sure. Okay. So, yeah. Before we get to open houses, <laughs> yeah. Before we get listings and buyers, um, yes. where and I and let's just jive. You know what? We're gonna jump right into this. The, and I'm still going with this market mashup because it's kind of what it is. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about some of this report here and uh, get some of the information out of it, Chen. Okay, market mashup as as we. Um, as we mentioned, uh, this report came out, I believe at least I, the first time I saw it was Sunday morning and, uh, I don't know when the email came out, I clicked on it at about eight o'clock. I'm like, Holy moly, this thing is filled with golden nuggets. So it's the Ontario real estate association, Aria, uh, the 2021 Ontario home buyer and seller profile. And if I scroll down here to, um, some of the info, they in 
interviewed and surveyed uh, 1,421 Ontario residents. So granted, not a huge, huge sampling mm-hmm. of, of buyers and sellers and people within the industry. However, it's information and um, it's actually 89 pages of info. Oh my God. <laughs> so they, they digested this and provided some pretty amazing information. So before we get to it, and if you're watching, here's the question that, that, and here's what we're going to answer. Where do home buyers and home sellers, where do they find their agents? I put that into the comments. I want to know, you know, the top resources of where people find their agents. And then the follow-up question that we're going to talk about, Jen, is how does that home buyer or seller research that agent? It's slightly different and it's really, really interesting. But there's all sorts of info in here, Jen. There's everything from the buying side, the selling side, moving up, moving down, investment properties. What you what are you going to buy? Do you plan to buy? Do you plan to sell? All that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly interesting. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the future. Um, I'm going to digest it and do some video series out of it as well. But, um, yeah, I I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. really, really interesting. Everything from the economic side, what concerns you about buying a home or selling a home, um, what else? What else is in here? Uh, number of times you've purchased a home, like everything you can imagine. It's all it's all like, in there. It's like it's like getting handed 89 pages of content, right? Social media content, yes. basically. And that's how yeah. I looked at it when I was flipping through it. Yeah. And I was on my phone. I'm like, I need something bigger. I need an iPad or, or my computer, right? Uh, <laughs> I need to be able to see this properly. Seriously. Yeah. And I kept zooming in and, and zooming out and, and getting <laughs> uh, like timing of a home purchase, your main reason for buying a home, your main reason for selling a home. And those are two obvious. There's typically, it's interesting. They're two different things. And here's the neat part that we'll get into, Jen, is they do it by age category. So the first one's 18 to 34. 35 to 54 mm-hmm. and 55 plus. And I'm sure as you can imagine, uh, the answers will vary, right? Because of right. where you are in, yeah, in life, course. right? Um, yeah. it's, it's really, really cool though. Um, they talk about COVID too. Uh, has COVID affected the way that you're going to be buying? Has the interest rates and lending affected the way you're buying or selling? Um, all sorts hmm. of stuff. The other, th- like the type of home you're going to buy, detached, townhouse, semi, condo, all sorts of stuff. Um, or sell. So anyways, as I said, I'm going to go through all of this and, and, and kind of digest it and pull out some of the golden nuggets. But the first golden nugget, yeah. Jen, is mm-hmm. finding a realtor. Mm-hmm. And I asked you, and I didn't wait long enough when I asked you this question <laughs> earlier, and I should have, because you did come up with the number one answer. You should have let me sit in my anxiety for a little longer. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was afraid to answer. <laughs> I could tell. I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell. Uh, but yeah, the I, I, the number one answer was referrals, right? Your database, basically. Mm-hmm. So here mm-hmm. it is here. Uh, ways of finding a realtor. And as you can see it there at the very top, and I just screenshot this. I didn't do, I didn't alternate or alternate. I didn't uh, change this at all. Referral from a family or friend is at 38%. Then you have your internet search, use the agent previously. And that is, that should floor you right there. Only 15%. I know it's always so low. Yeah. So what does that tell you right there, Jen? 
fifteen percent. Well, agents agents aren't following up with their clients. Just they're not maintaining their relationships, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's such mm-hmm. an easy thing because that agent used agent previously turns into the top one very easily, right? Yeah. Very, yeah. very it's almost the direct feed, right? That they, I'm the amount of times I've had conversations with people and I've asked them, you know, did you, who did you use when you bought the house? Uh, and they can't tell me the person's name. They don't mm-hmm. remember. And I'll say, I think it was a Remax agent or I think it was a Royal LePage or whatever. Keller Williams doesn't matter, but they can't even recall the person's name. And it's just mind blowing to me. I was like, wow, like you just, the deal was done and that was that, right? And it's it's always blows my mind how low that percentage always is consistently. Um, every time we have these stats or do surveys, that percentage is low. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll come mm-hmm. back to that referral in a moment. Um, social media, I thought was interesting. I actually thought that would be a little mm-hmm. bit higher. Now, it'll, it'll yeah. change. These stats will look a little bit different on how... You, people are researching agents. That's a slightly different question. Um, the one that blew me, actually, it, it didn't blow me out of the water that we've talked about this for years and years and years is the, the big advertisement, the, the buses or the bus shelter here, the billboard, it's only 4%. And of course, other is 6%. The other could be, who knows what that could be. Um, maybe the other, if for instance, is sponsoring your local sports team or, or restaurant yeah. or what have you, I don't know. That could be a number of different things. Or open house, even something like that. Um, newspaper ad. Yeah. Yeah. Newspaper, I can't believe that's still making it on the list. That's yeah. amazing. Let me yeah. ask you this question, Jen, looking at mm-hmm. that, what is the most expensive type of advertising on that list right there? Well, the billboard, bus, shelter, newspaper ads. So the, the lowest the lowest quarter of the list. Yeah. And that's where speed people yeah. are spending the most money. Yeah. The most yeah, money. That's, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We are so excited as realtors and, and we find the energy, we find the resources. We've talked about this many times before to spend money on people that don't know, like, and trust us already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And I always, I always think with the billboards and the bus shelters and the, you know, garbage and recycling bins and stuff that it's a great reminder when you already have a farm or when you already have a a big database in a a localized area that it's kind of just having your face in front of them more consistently and it reinforces the other work you're doing. So there probably is a time when you can justify it, but if you don't already have market share and a pre-existing marketplace where a majority of your clients either live or you've been working it geographically through a farm. I don't, I don't see how it would really generate you much business at all because people aren't going to just call someone that, okay, 4% of people will call somebody just off of a bus bench or off of a a bus or a billboard, but majority won't, right? They'll ask people that they know and say, Hey, who, who should I talk to more so now than ever on social media? We see that happening. I'm surprised social media is only 10% though. I would have thought social media would be where internet searches and vice versa. I would have thought they would have been reversed. Yeah. It's interesting. The numbers do change slightly after when you get to the research side of it. But um, right. if you're watching along with us today, I'd love to, you know, we'd love to see where you're 
your business comes from. And, and it, that's a practice mm -hmm. that you need to look at constantly. So put that, mm -hmm. put that there in the comments of where the majority of your business is coming from. And, and even if you're brand new to the industry, where have your first few leads and, and refer, uh, not referrals, uh, first few leads and, um, and deals have come from, throw that into the comments too. Uh, we've talked mm -hmm. about this too, Jen, um, going back to the referrals, you know, that, you know, my entire business is built on referrals at this moment. And yeah. it's an easy one to keep cultivating, as it were, right? Because it's a phone call, yeah. it's an email, it's a text to somebody that you already like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just being social, right? If you're, it's harder, I think if you're more introverted, <laughs> it's harder to do, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's having connection with people that you already know, staying in relationship and enhancing your relationship. That's really all it is. Right. Yeah. Um, here's a, here's a great yeah. comment by a great, great individual solo agent at the Ottawa area. Jean. Uh, yeah. Past clients, referrals, build their deals. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the nature of Jean's uh, business, but you know, having, having that, that sphere that's already rooting for you, uh, is it makes this business so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The people, the, out of the group that I'm coaching, um, you know, the, the higher, that more advanced coaching agents that have larger businesses, I think all of them with the exception of one and they, they do both. Um, they're all referral majority when we broke down their business and we actually analyzed their numbers and their deals and where their business was coming from regardless of what they thought was happening they all ended up being it's my database it's who i know and then with the exception i've said of one because they're active farmers and they have uh, market share so they had a lot of business that came from market share and a lot of business from database they were both but otherwise yeah it's it's uh, it's very rare that we see it be something other than database yeah yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know we have a number of agents in our office, Jen, that have moved back or have, have refocused, if you will, um, their their lead gen back to the referral. And mm -hmm. I was I was actually explaining it to my daughter, and she's like, "Wow, that sounds a lot of, like a lot of fun." And like it's things like taking them <laughs> out to coffee, to dinner, to lunch, going golfing, doing activities with them, yeah. and. And all of a sudden now, because now your lead gen doesn't become a task that you do every day. It becomes, you know, an event, something that's incredibly fun to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Elena, yeah, absolutely. When you're starting out, um, you've got to look at different ways of getting your message out there. So keep doing that. But yeah. I think what you'll find and from, from the agents that are just starting into the business, you'll find that when people start seeing your message over and over again, it will be your sphere. It'll be people that already know, like, and trust you. Like, yeah, Elena, the, she's she's in real estate. I'm going to go talk to her because she's mm -hmm. been you. You've been consistent with your message. I think that's a fair way of saying that. Yeah, I think that's a great way. And and I think what what happens they the only difference between somebody who's two years or less in the business versus someone two years plus is that the person two years less has to tell everybody and teach everybody that they want to be their go to realtor. They don't need to find more people necessarily, although that's part of what we do every day. Um, but they do need to make sure they're sharing that story all all the time, over and over, showing that they're active, showing that they're busy, like almost, I don't want to say proving themselves, because that's not right, but just showing the consistency of being 
uh, active agents. And when that starts to happen, then your database buys into it. And then they'll you'll see those referrals start to show up. When you're two years plus, they already know. You've either done a deal with them, they've referred you to somebody, or they're seeing what you're sharing. They've gotten your phone calls, your text messages, your your drip, all that sort of stuff, your newsletter, whatever it is you're you're sending out. And so that they've already that's already embedded, right? They've already learned that. So it's all it's a little bit in the first two years about I don't have a better word than training, right? Training the people you know to go to you first. I think that's a perfect way of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Or saying, yeah, it. yeah, no, we're good. that's good. Okay, cool. So um, let's let's look about look at researching. Now, this slide had a little bit more information, so sorry for uh, it being so small. Researching a realtor. So once they know who to look at or who to talk to, that people want to find out is are they is Jen the real deal? Right. (laughs) And look at the number one there, interview them in person. Yeah. Yeah. 40%. That's a huge stat. Makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It does. That makes sense. Of course. There's there's the social social media. media, Right on cue, right? Yeah. Right on cue, Alana. Yeah. 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 And, and that's an easy one for me. That's one of the first things that I even do when a, when a new lead comes in, for instance, and I don't know them. Uh, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. Google them. I'll go jump on Facebook. I'm like, oh yeah, that's how I know them. It was one of those types of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Well, we, we said this even a few weeks ago when, when we get referrals now, whether it's to a restaurant or anything else, the first thing we do is we pull it up online and look at the reviews, right? We look at the menu, we look at the review or we, we look at the photos, you know, we're going to a, a new place on Friday for dinner that a friend recommended to us. And we Googled it. We looked at the photos. We checked out the menu. We're like, yeah, this place looks amazing. And we got more excited about it because it actually does look amazing. Um, And uh, I think people do the same thing. If someone was to say, hey, go check out Gary McGowan, I'm going to go look you up. I'm going to look at your Facebook. I'm going to look at your Instagram if you have it. And I'm going to see if you have Google reviews or a business page or a website. I'm going to check all that out. So, you know, there are, those are things we still need to have as agents to help us get the deal, right? But yeah. they're not the first way that our name's necessarily going to get passed along. Yeah. Um, and, and go, you, go to a franchise website, eh? I know. That's that one surprised true. me. That Sorry, was, I cut you off. I just I just read that. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't see that, that coming. <laughs> that really surprised me. And you'll see here, those yeah. numbers add up. Uh, far more than 100%. However, uh, what that's telling me is people will use more than one tool to research a, uh, an agent, yeah. right? And yeah, if you look towards absolutely. the bottom, ask about recent transactions, see right there. I think we can we can talk about this for a moment, Jen. If you're a newer mm-hmm. agent and you're concerned that you don't have many years in the business or, or um, experience, it's actually less about your production than more about your service that you're going to provide. That's what that tells me, Jen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the lowest percentage on there is your, your production. The highest percentage is whether they like you. Right. So yeah. that's what that's telling you. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I know that outside of KW, I don't know if anyone else uses the disc profile, but if we look at this, you can almost see the disc in action, right? Because um, you've got, you know, asking about recent transactions, and that's going to be your your detail, your data people. Ask to speak to other clients also, you know, your C's or your D's, right, which are the two least common. And then your interview them in person is naturally your social agents, your high eyes. And I'm not going to get too much into that, but it's funny to see. You can you can read through this and find see where, where the population is and, and break it down based on the stats of those personality profiles. And we know that majority of 
people out there are a high I or a high S. Those are the two most common, which is super social and, you know, system and structure and all of that. And those are the top two on the list. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see that play out. The numbers play out that way. But yeah, the franchise website really does confuse, like throw me because I didn't actually think that was a big factor at all. So to see that be 30% is, it's interesting, right? Yeah, it, it is interesting. And as I, excuse me, as I look at this a little bit deeper, and mm-hmm. I look at the different age categories. It's only 35% of the age group that's 18 to 34 that will actually interview them in person. If you're hmm. 55 and older, it's 50%. So you can see that how people, people learn a little bit differently, right? And interact a little bit differently. Now, yeah. where, where the flip is, um, it's look for information on social media that's actually higher at 35%. So a few, a few points higher, but those are the two things that really stick out. So, um, you got to know who we talked about this, uh, in the past, you know, what is your perfect type of client? Right. Yeah. And, and understanding that, and then understanding a report like this. And like I said, I'll go into it a little bit deeper on some other videos, uh, then I'd want to advertise and talk to that age group specifically, especially if I'm getting ammunition, like like information like this. The other cool thing, and I don't have it up here, Jen, but if I scroll through this report, the next big slide is most important things looking for in a real estate professional. Mm-hmm. And you just said it. The number one, the one, the number one trait is trustworthiness. Everything yeah. else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. That's the number one trait. So you got to be able to build trust and a likability and you'll be, trust me, (laughs) pun intended, you'll be an amazing realtor. You'll be good. Yeah, that's what we always say. They have to know you, like you, and trust you. Those are the three things, right? If you can get into that window, into that box with them, um, you can kind of guide them in any which way because they're looking for that guidance. They're looking for the expertise that you have they're looking for you to walk them through the process Um, most people don't want somebody who's not going to guide them or educate them they want that so they want someone that they trust so that they trust the content they're being given right and it makes perfect sense when you think about it because it's such a huge transaction that why wouldn't why would you hire somebody you don't trust well you wouldn't you just wouldn't for any for anything but you also wouldn't hire somebody you don't like for something along these lines because it's a huge huge thing unless you're an investor and it's just numbers and it's that's a different a little bit of a different conversation however for a personal sale or purchase it's a personal journey so generally people want to connect with and like the person that they're going on that path with um a because it makes them more comfortable and then also because it makes it more fun <laughs> realistically yeah. right yeah absolutely yeah. And interesting, on that same sheet I'm looking at, uh, way down the list, kind of buried in the middle there, is the value when it comes to fees or commission. It's all about the, your personality traits and your service. Right. That's what comes first. That's yeah. what people are, in a sense, buying into, right? Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great yeah. report. Um, take the time to read it. And if you don't want to read it, I'll do the reading for you and pull out the golden nuggets and, <laughs> and there you have it. But, uh, some good stuff there. Some really, really good stuff on, um, yeah. 
the you know what what our clients are in fact looking for in realtors and and not only that but what they're looking for in the types of properties so one of the interesting things i said to jen earlier there's going to be opportunities to to go through here and read it so for instance as a quick highlight um i can't remember the specific number but there let's just use 20 percent as an example had planned to buy an investment property this year that on the flip side mm-hmm. only about 10 percent of the people interviewed plan to sell their property so there's a bit of a a market yeah. gap there, right? Right, Jen? Well, people buy and hold, right, with investment properties. So it makes sense. It, a, it explains why we get so little of them on the market. And then B, it, it, it kind of covers why how that demand is just going to continue to grow as you move into the future and we have less and less available properties, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michelle King's asking a question here. Where can I get the report? Um, it was in an e- email that was sent on, uh, I believe it was on Sunday, Jen, from Aria. Uh, Michelle, there is called the 2021 Ontario Home Buyer and Seller Profile. And that, again, was from Aria. Um, maybe if you go to their website, it'd be available there. If not, I'll, I'll put the link to something that you can download afterwards. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, there you go. Great, great report. Great report. Okay, mm-hmm. Jen, we should move on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Going to CMAs. CMAs. All right. So we thought this would be kind of fun to talk about how each of us analyze um, properties in a sense. Where do we get the, not where do we get the information, but what information are we pulling in and then sharing mm-hmm. with our clients. I don't have any slides or anything. Um, that would be kind of more of an in-depth afternoon training session or, or multiple of, right, Jen? But yes. um, yeah. Let me let me ask you this question, and then then we can kind of bounce it back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. You're preparing for a listing presentation. This is kind of a, a, a broad question, but what information are you showing up with? <laughs> that was a broad question. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, ov- obviously I have the paperwork and things like that, but in regard to the CMA, um, I kind of, I always start uh, a little more wide and work my way to narrow. So I will look at, first of all, the, the neighborhood itself, um, you know, what's going on in the community, just in general, what have the trends been over the last year or so, what's been happening. And then I'll narrow down to more focused information. What are their particular home type doing? So if it's a detached four bedroom, I'm going to look at the information on the more recent four bed detached home sales, specifically sales. I usually focus more on sales um, in the neighborhood. And then obviously then narrowing that down again to the, the most specific comparables that I think will help me find the proper price range for that home. I do look at availables because we need to have that con- confirmation and conversation about what do you, what's your competition look like. Um, but I kind of get to that towards the end of my CMA. I don't start with it because I find it can be very distracting because then they'll start to like, I saw that one, the basement wasn't finished or this wasn't, that wasn't. And I don't really want to get into that conversation. So I shift to that towards the end when we start to talk more about our pricing strategy, then I lean more heavily on what's your competition look like. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously the street itself from a, from a more micro level, what's happened on your actual street over the past three months, six months, depending on what the data looks like. Um, so that's usually what I would bring with me. And then, uh, you know, we all have our own way of presenting our information, which is a little, a little different, but that's the data I like to have on hand usually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to go and see as many of the homes as I can, if that's possible, um, to kind of be able to say I've, I've been in it at the very least I'll drive by them and do a, a street drive by a house drive by because sometimes those pictures can look real good right and the house <laughs> not so much and vice versa so i i like to do that in-person research a little bit as well so yeah what about you gary what do you what do you bring with you yeah absolutely well i bring i bring a my marketing presentation so that that's two different things for for me and then secondly I bring the CMA and, and that's a, that's a hardcover book. I put it right on the table. So they're always kind of curious what's in the book. And I always uh, refer to it, but what is in the book is uh, some stats about the local real estate market. And, and, you know, we talked about that over, I think on the last um, call and then also the CMA, the, like the actual other listings that we're going to use to analyze and come come and we're going to make this decision together on what that valuation is going to be and mm -hmm. um, i kind of stole this method and tweaked it a little bit from ben kinney if you don't know who ben kinney is uh look mm -hmm. him up uh one of the yeah. most successful realtors in the industry and i don't think he's 40 yet and owns multiple businesses and does you know four or five thousand transactions a year uh, and I'm not joking mm -hmm. by that. Yeah. Um, his brain, his brain is wired differently. It's yes. crazy. Like yeah. the way he thinks is he's, he's, a, if you get a chance and there's look on YouTube and stuff, there's probably videos of giving of him giving presentations or watch them. They're just, they're so good. And he's such an, he's come a long way in his ability to present his thoughts. I would say from when he first kind of got started. Um, but his, he's just got such great ideas, right? Uh, even the expansion models and things like that, those were, those all were born from his thought process and him wanting to grow his teams out. So it's, it's pretty phenomenal. He's had a huge impact on the real estate industry actually at such a yeah. young age, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I was, yeah. I was just going to say, so you mentioned that you bring your marketing package with you and you have, you use like a version of Ben Kinney's package and see, I'm the polar opposite of that. So I got to, I got to shout out to all my people that don't bring the marketing <laughs> stuff because I don't either, you know, I, I, I talk about it and I, I, I think I was trained more old school, if that's a fair thing to say that I'm more conversational in what we discuss. I have a package um, that I leave with them that outlines our, you know, marketing plan and things like that. But I'm not going through a presentation at all, gotcha. generally, other than what I know I'm going to hit my main talking points, right? That's kind of my structure. But other than that, it's a little more loose um, because I've never been good at that. I've never been good at talking and I get distracted. I don't know. I get like, I lose focus for some strange reason when I'm trying to show something and speak at the same time. So. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting too. So that marketing presentation, again, I, I tweaked it to a local market here and, and it's, it's Ben Kinney's mm -hmm. and I do create it kind of like a conversation, but it is a presentation. I actually open up my laptop and we talk about how we're going to market and sell your home. Then we get into mm -hmm. the, the CMA portion of it. And as I said, I got some stats in it and, and Ben will use, I believe he calls it um, the five, five, five. So five currently on the market, five 
homes that are under contract and then five that have sold. Now, we're in a market where we just typically don't have any pending contracts, or if we do, they're going so fast. So a few years yeah. ago, I tweaked it to just what I called is the double five. I'm going to take five mm. listings that are currently on the market that are as similar to yours as possible, and then five homes that have sold, same thing. And uh, mm. one of the questions we should have asked here is, what, what are those questions that you do ask your, your, your clients, your seller clients, when you're doing a listing presentation? I'd love to see that in the comments here. And um, at the end of it, I have a value that I think their home is valued at, Jen, and I'm sure you do mm -hmm. too. But what's the question that yep. you like to ask? I know I think I asked a similar question. So we might differ on this a okay. little bit, actually. And and this might be where, you know, the way I present my CMA is different to yours, maybe. Um, I know most people ask what the, what the seller thinks their home is worth, that that's a often asked question. I don't actually ask that. Um, I, I never really have. I try usually to lead them more to a range based on how I present the comparables the, that I have. And then I ask them if they agree with the range. And then they say yes or no. And if they say no, then we pull at that thread a little more. What do you think is different or why do you think your home is worth more? This is never worth less, right? So why do you think your home is worth more than what we're looking at based on the comps? So I guess in a roundabout way, I kind of have them confirm the range and if that's what their expectation was. But I've never had that that specific question of, you know, what do you think your home is worth? Or did you have a value in mind before I came here today? I know some people phrase it that way. Um, is, is that the question that you were referring yeah, to? Kind of. And, and Jean has mm -hmm. a great comment here too. I'll put up on the screen in a second. Um, before I even go do the listing presentation, I asked them, Hey, do you have a value of what you think your home is, is at? And I kind of add, mm -hmm. ask it in a nonchalant way, because if they say 2 million, and it's only worth 1.2, then we've got, you know, I've got some homework to do, right? I know going yeah. in the, the expectation. Um, and then after we've reviewed the comments or sorry, the comps and, um, it's important to get everyone on the same page because if you're not, then it won't be a successful transaction for anybody. And we've had mm -hmm. it a few times, Jen, where one of the sellers, if it's a partnership, uh, they thought their home was valued much higher, like hundreds of thousands of dollars higher. And after, and I simply just asked the question, after we've reviewed the information here and you've already selected two of these homes that are just like yours, where do you think your home's valued at? Mm -hmm. And then if they, then if, if we know the home's valued at say 1.2 million, and if they come in at 1.4 they know in their mind that they've already got to fight for that number. And if they can't, meaning yeah. the information tells them otherwise, uh, you're helping to set that expectation. At least that's how, how, how I handle that conversation. And mm -hmm. it makes someone sometimes that much easier. Um, yeah, it's, it's important to keep, keep communicating. doesn't matter if you don't yeah. agree, but keep communicating, right? Yeah, yeah, don't come to a standstill on it. And a great question that um, I learned to ask, and I guess I'll, in a minute I'll explain how I present it so this all makes more sense, Gary, but um, 
I always learn to ask, what is it about the data that makes you feel your home is worth more? Because in absence of an, an answer, I, I like to let logic, as you know, I like to let logic rule with most of the things in my life. And this is no different. So I just hit them with the data first and I frame it a certain way. Usually I, I find that by the time we get to the end of the conversation, I don't, I don't have that, um, that pushback. And if we do, it's usually purely because their expectation was way out of whack to begin with. And then I ask them, what about the data makes them feel their home is worth that. And generally they can't answer the question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. But yeah, the way, the, the way, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say one of the other filtering questions, if you will, that I like to ask and Jean certainly ask is what is your, what, are you, what mm -hmm. is your motivation for selling the home? Because that'll allow us yeah. to have a deep conversation of, of making sure that they're, you know, hitting, hitting on all points. And then obviously that motivation is key to understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite is when you ask that question and they say, well, we just figured if we can get, you know, 1.6, we'll sell. And it's like worth 1.2 or 1.3. Yeah. You're like, oh boy, this is going to be a long night or this isn't going to come together. But it's a great question so that you're aware. And and just like you, Gary, the, the pre-qualification questions, right? Like before you even go to the appointment, asking some of these questions, of some of them vary from agent to agent, what you like to ask, but having an idea of, um, what what they their motivation is is a big one and then also you know are all the decision makers going to be at the appointment because if not I, I wouldn't probably go to that appointment either right if they weren't all going to be there i would reschedule that because that's a big one um but yeah that's a great question that's probably the top question i would say what's your motivation yeah yeah absolutely yeah. good one Jean. all right moving on jen because we could talk about this all day <laughs> yeah I, I love yeah, this next did. one um, mining your database. Beautiful. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about what this means and then some of the things that we can do to mine our database, even if it's 10 people, 50 people, 500, 5,000, I think there's some unique things that we can do here. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of came full circle on this because we started off talking about the the stats from that report and obviously the number one being referrals from your family and friends who live in your database and hopefully you guys have a database uh, and mining your database is just another way of saying how you're working your database how you're drawing the business out of your database um, so that it, it comes into your lap and then into your bank account eventually um, and so you know there's a lot of ways we can do that but one of the one of the cool ways to do it and one of the ways you and I, Gary, both didn't know, but both did throughout the year was CMAs, right? Now, obviously we're not talking about a specific property CMA. We're not going into the detail we would go into on a, a CMA for a seller specifically, but you know, pulling, you know, whether it's once a year or twice a year, I do it once a year. I think you do it once a year as well, but just pulling the information um, on what's been happening in their neighborhood and sending more of an overview of kind of going, hey, it's that like for, for mine, for example, I just say, hey, it's that time of year again. I usually do it in January just because I know I want to kind of connect with people for the spring market. So just to say, here's what's happened over the last year in your home's value. You know, there's been this many detached homes sale in your neighborhood. Your average area has gone up by 20 to 30%. Your type of home is actually selling between this and this number, 1.2 and 1.3. Um, you know, if you want more information or a more detailed report, 
give me a call. I'd love to chat if you have any additional questions, right? Um, and I've always found that that will raise the hands of the people that are kind of going, hey, yeah, we were kind of thinking about that. And they'll reach out to you and say, yeah, you know what, I would like a more detailed report or like we were just talking about you the other day, the amount of times you hear that, right? We were just talking about this the other day or just talking about contacting you. We want to sell in the spring or someone's moving, you know, someone got relocated or whatever's going on in their life. And can you come, come talk to us? And then that's your appointment, right? So that's a great way to kind of find those people and it's it's relatively passive right you're not being aggressive you're not calling your database and going hey are you thinking about selling <laughs> right like um you're just giving them content you're giving them value giving them data that they want because every homeowner wants to know what their home is worth we all do um so giving them that information and even if they want to refinance or pull out equity and buy an income property or buy a cottage or that's the that's the starting point to all of those conversations right so it's a great way to to open up that dialogue with your database absolutely i it is so easy to do and if you already have their mm -hmm. contact information i mean you should if they're if they're definitely if they're a past <laughs> yeah. client right and, yeah, and how yeah. easy is it? Just go create something, uh, whether it's in KW Command and in the design section. Uh, just, hey, the estimated value of your home. Or did you mm -hmm. know, uh, kind of like a fact sheet of here's, here's five homes that sold that are just like yours in the neighborhood. And if you're not telling them, we've all, we, we say this all the time, if you're not telling them, somebody else is. So be yeah. that somebody, right? And, and Absolutely. It, it's so easy to do. And here's the other cool thing it'll do. Here's the ripple effect. Let's say, let's say you had 50 people in your database that you would consider potential great clients over the next few years or in one mm. year. That would be awesome too. Um, yeah. Let's say you did just five a week, right? That's not many. That'd take you 10 weeks to go mm -hmm. through and some good follow-up systems within that, Jen. The other thing that it's mm -hmm. going to do is put you in the know of what values are in certain pockets, right? You're always going to yeah. be doing a little bit of research and knowing. And if you, you know, if you do have a good farm area, it'll be easy peasy for you. You just go in, grab those values, um, and make yeah. it, you know, make it informational based. And I, and, yeah. and that's the cool part is you're going to be, you know, you're going to be, we always talk about being on the market or in the market. You're going to be in the market with this type of information for sure. Yeah, the amount you're going to learn from it. And if you work in a specific area, like if you're focused on Aurora New Market and majority of your past clients are in that area and you grew up in that area, if that happens to be the case, so a lot of your database is also in that area, you don't have to do that much work. You're kind of sending the same email to a lot of people. You just have your different home types, right? Um, and like you said, Gary, it's one of the, it, it probably is the best way with the exception of physically going and walking through homes. It's the best way to learn the market. Um, so if nothing else, it's great for your knowledge base and you can speak to a lot more homes, which always makes you look a little better when you are at that listing presentation and someone says, brings up a listing, you can say, oh yeah, that one was only a three bedroom or backed on the power lines or it was right beside the school or a cemetery or whatever it was. Uh, it's on a corner or T intersection. There's lots of things it could be, right? That or why it's sold higher or why it's sold lower. When you can speak to that, you get to remove their their challenges and their their objections quite naturally, 
So it's not a conflict. It's not a script that you need to know. You can just rely on the actual knowledge that you have to say, yeah, that there's a reason that that happened and this is what it was, right? Like, can't, again, going back to the logic of it, it's hard to argue with logic. It's very difficult, right? Um, unless you're in an emotional, heated debate. That's Then people try to argue logic <laughs> all the time. So that's different. But when it's that kind of a conversation where we're talking about data analysis, usually that's not the case, right? So, um, you know, going back to mining your database and your skill set, take advantage of the skills we already have in order to get more business from your database, right? Don't try and go learn a bunch of new things. Take what you know and reapply it in a different way to get more results, right? Yeah. Save yourself the time and the stress of learning something that you might not be good at or you don't know that well. So it's going to take you a long time to master it. That's well said. Yeah. And, and you might mm -hmm. recall maybe six, seven, maybe even eight years ago, there was a big trend, marketing trend, and we see it so often now that it, it just kind of gets looked over. But the marketing trend at that time was uh, click on this link to get your home value. Right? Mm, and and yeah, I remember I actually, yeah. I, I actually close on transactions with that type of marketing. But here's the thing. Yep. If people are overlooking that marketing strategy now, then go that extra step. Do what Jen and I are saying here. There's an easy action item. It just go yeah. do the home value for them and, and send it to your right. sphere of influence. Right. And yeah. Hey, if you send out 50 and one, one person responds and you do two transactions out of that, is that worth it? Absolutely. It's a, good, it's a great <laughs> ROI because right? 50 shouldn't take you that long. Right. No. Um, and no. you can spread it out throughout the course of the year. If you don't want to do it in one lump, like Gary said, do five a day, do five a week if you want to, and just work your way through it. It doesn't really matter when they get it. You can be more strategic about the time of year. Um, you know, now through August is a great time to do this because the, like, again, full circle in this conversation today, going back to the very beginning, it is getting a little bit quieter and we are starting to see the buyer demand slow down a little bit. We are starting to see things get a little calmer. So you have a little extra time, right? So instead of you know, resting on the laurels of what you've completed so far this year, if you want to have a killer next year, now's the time to engage with your clients who are going to be your fall business, right? So this is a great and easy way to do it. You don't even have to make phone calls. You just send an email. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Like you could follow up with a phone call if you wanted to double down on it. And that could be a care call that just goes, hey, how's it going? At some point, they might mention the email. They might not. And you could say, did you get my email, by the way? Just curious. What do you think? Aren't those stats crazy? Yeah, I know. Who knew that was going to happen? And if there's no interest, you move on, right? But it's an easy way to kind of reinforce, hey, did you get my email? If you wanted to add that extra step. That's right. Jean, you're right on cue, buddy. Um, I pulled up <laughs> Kelly, our, our KW uh, system here, which is KW Command. I don't know if it's going to zoom in or what. But no. the neighborhood snaps, Jen. Like send people na the neighborhood snaps. So I have a live snap yeah. in my Kelly app and I know for detached homes or 44 active listings in, in the town of Stouffville and boom, you could just send that um, information yeah. to your clients and they can click on it and it's basically live time information. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, use the tools that we have, use command, mm -hmm. use some of the other stuff, create a, a follow-up yeah. system, a drip campaign is what, um, uh, Jean's, uh, referring to here within command. It's already there. It's already built and, and yeah. go, go use it. Add yourself to it. 
So you know yes. what your clients are getting, <laughs> right? And yeah, and, always. Right. But uh, there's so many awesome tools that we have. Uh, use them for sure. And mm -hmm. uh, the Kelly snaps are awesome. Um, yes. They're not always perfect in how the, for instance, we think of neighborhoods here, but that's better than what you're doing today if you're doing nothing. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and so much of it is done for us, right? You're really just implementing the systems that we already have. And when we were talking about this earlier, Gary, you were mentioning another um, email or text that you send out to your database as well that has the kind of the different options, right? One, oh, yeah. two, three. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I started this a few years ago and I, I didn't come up with it, but I'll take credit for it if anybody wants to give it, but I didn't come up with it. Um, about three, four years ago, I started a easy email and then a text campaign and it was, who are you? in a sense, A, B, or C. A, you're looking at selling in the next three months. B, you're looking at buying in the next three months. And C, you want to buy an investment property this year. So come up with questions like that that categorizes people and people will respond. Trust me, yeah. people will respond to kind of a fun thing like that. And I think I also, this is where the, my creative mind gets, gets set out. Uh, did you want me to bring you an ice cream cone? It was something fun like that. Like it was out of the box. <laughs> and different, but it got people's attention, right? So do yeah. things like that, you know, have some fun with it and ask them questions. Cause if you're, again, if you're not asking them questions, how do you know what they want? Yeah. And you're not really generating any engagement. If you're not asking them questions, you're just putting content in front of them. Right. So it, the engagement's the important part you want to, that's why we always talk about your items of value or your lead magnets, as they call them, that we want people to respond back to us. We get in the conversation and, and these are all things you can implement on social media as well. I know some of our, our agents that are more active on social media. I've seen them post that one, two, three, ABC on their stories and that, and, and people respond and they get engagement that way so it does work right you just have to have fun with it and, and don't take it too seriously yeah we should never take yeah, ourselves too seriously control. yeah i don't know no no we should not yeah yeah i think we can have some fun with that jean what do you think um and and <laughs> The, the cool part is, you know, we're talking about mining your database. If you follow uh, Jason Abrams of KW, uh, he always refers to it as your data bank or your data bank, right? And that's essentially mm -hmm. what it is. So um, mining your data bank. If we thought of it like that, perhaps we would do it differently. So anyways, lots yeah. of great stuff today, Jen. Lots of great stuff that we, we got to cover. Uh, that report, I will find that report and uh, see if I can put a link to it in the in the chat here for people to uh, to click and read themselves. But uh, it yeah, was, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm sure you could probably go to the Oreo website and dig around, and it's got to be on there somewhere if they if they emailed it out. You would think, right? I can't make any promises, but you would think that it would be on there. So you know, if uh, if you want it right now before Gary has time to get it up, then maybe go go check that and see if it's there. Cause it would make sense <laughs> that it absolutely. was. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. My friend, we're off for a few weeks, uh, enjoying the yes. sunshine and enjoying everything else. And, um, yep. what, what always feel free to reach out to, to Jen or myself, uh, drop uh, a comment in the, in the comments there or send us a private message. We're happy to answer any questions and, uh, we're looking forward to a few more live streams in August and then we'll ramp back up and in, in, um, in, in September. 
See, I'm already on summer. I can't even think of the next one. <laughs> you're, already, you're already checked out. You're like, I can't go past August. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good, yeah. very good. Yeah, and thanks for, thanks for watching, uh, Michelle. I'll get you that link for sure. And of course, Jean and everyone else that was here today. And uh, we we obviously, uh, we have a lot of fun doing this because here's the, here's the cool part, Jen, is people think, you know, we, we do this because, you know, it's part of our roles or part of our jobs, but I can tell you, um, at least Mm-mm. for me, Jen, it, it, it makes me be in the industry so I can understand the real estate trends and, and keep up to date with everything. Right. That, that's the, that's the beauty yeah. part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have to know what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> so it pushes us to learn more. And I can tell you, I, I don't think it's actually part of either of our, our roles. We just kind of came up with it as something that seemed like a fun idea and it's been going ever since. And it's, it's great. I love it. I look forward to it every week. So. Yeah, very good. So uh, mm-hmm. for Jen Silbernagel, we'll see everybody on the next live stream. I hope you keep safe and uh, bye for now. <laughs> bye guys. Thank you.